Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How's it going, hockey fans? Welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network. And most importantly, happy opening week. I must say opening week because yesterday was opening night. We had three matchups going on and plenty to get into. But before we get into all of that, I am your host, Casey Hudson. Casing the League breaks down league news, hot topics, but most importantly, best bets now that we are back in the full swing of season. And all of those best bets, statistics, and information and more are brought to you by Bet online, your number one source for all of your information, statistics, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, as well as matchups for all sports, really. But of course, you know, here on Casing the League, we really just want to get into all things NHL. Bet online is your sports intel headquarters for the entire season. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And uh, speaking about where the game starts, we know that there's been so much angst, excitement, hype, anticipation heading into the 2023-24 NHL season for, well, a number of reasons. You've got this guy, Connor Bedard, who's been talked about immensely. Some would say, well, kind of at nauseating length. But it depends on what kind of fan you are, right? But everyone wanted to see how his opening night would take place. How will he produce this upcoming season and so much more. Then, of course, you've got the back and forth conversation of how the NHL may be trending backwards. We have the unfortunate news about the Pride tape and it being banned to um, be a part of the, the pregame warmups. You have some players speaking out today talking about the fact that they will still either wrap their stick, how they don't see how 15 minutes can um, be looked at and frowned upon in such a manner. There's a lot of interesting information thrown across Twitter right now. But the bottom line is that the, there was progress starting to be made. There was a lot of inclusivity um, across the board for all kinds of cultures and, and groups and, and just human beings in, in general. And then we've just kind of started to see a bit of regression throughout the summer. Um, from the NHL's perspective, they think that they're just kind of eliminating the extra pressures and stresses for the guys that weren't participating, kind of trying to eliminate that spotlight. But in eliminating certain spotlights, you are also creating altitudes of silence. So We'll see how this continues uh, to trend forward. Not much of a statement or anything from the NHL, but from top reporters, personalities, analysts, and players, you're hearing, let's just say the fact that they wanted to continue to move forward with inclusivity and making it a very known fact that hockey is for everyone. Now, aside from what's going on with the NHL and progress or lack thereof taking place. We've got the Connor Bernard situation. We've got these teams that just turned into super teams in the offseason. Uh, organizations that just made the right moves, the right calls, the right trades. Uh, organizations that still finesse their cap space issues or didn't have a cap space issue. That's the beautiful thing about offseason, right? So heading into this season, the Atlantic Division is still looked at as one of the top 
most ferocious divisions out there. You've got the Senators that stacked pretty well. You've got the Buffalo Sabres that have an expectation to um, exceed what they did last season. You've got the Maple Leafs that made some quality moves. You've got the Tampa Bay Lightning roster that's had the most turnover in the past, I want to say, almost four or five years here. So the unexpected is very much the theme of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, heading over to the Metropolitan Division, you've got one of the best defensive teams in the league in the Carolina Hurricanes. But can they increase their special teams value? Can they start producing on the power play more consistently? Obviously, losing Svechnikov was very, very unhelpful for this organization, but there's so much talent on this roster that it's almost inexcusable. You know, you got Ajo, you got Jarvis, you got Natchez, you got so many guys that should be able to contribute and still put pucks on net and get points on the board for this team. So what do they do? They pick up Michael Bunting from the Maple Leafs, a guy that I'm actually very high on. That was a move that I was thinking the world of for a number of reasons. You're talking about a 20 plus goal guy, somebody who's far from afraid to get physical, racks up 100 plus minutes in the penalty box, can assist on the power play, can put up power play points of, of his own. So you've got somebody who can kind of do a little bit of everything. Hence, if he can work well with the guys next to him, and I think the, the lines that he's projected to be on are not only going to produce for him, but for that line, um, you've got the top guys in the league outside of Connor Bedard that came from the draft. You've got Adam Fentanelli, who I'm super hype about. Yeah, the Columbus Blue Jackets had some unfavorable things taking place before the season even got going. Um, how much of a distraction that may or may not be. We got to talk with a couple people about that here on Casing the League, as well as, as, well as you know, the fact that it happened early enough to where it shouldn't have to translate into their season, but it doesn't mean that it's going to stop Vincinelli from having the expected remarkable season that I think he's going to have. I think he should be in the conversation with Connor Bedard, not because of the scoring and stuff, but because of the way that he's going to generally lift the talent and the ability of the Columbus Blue Jackets roster. Let's see, what else have we had going on? A lot of things. All that to say that it's officially, officially hockey season and opening night took place yesterday uh was it weird to have a game go on at 5 30 absolutely because i was a part of that game having to be fully ready after being a part of morning skate after doing five shows in the morning to go over the lightning's upcoming season it was just like you blinked and then you were back in the arena for game time so that's probably the weirdest part about 5 30 um i think our mayor gave people the excuse to leave work at like three o'clock so everybody could make a 5 30 game for the consistency behind a 5:30 game, I can understand how that affects work. But selfishly, as somebody who covers hockey, it was so nice to be home before midnight. It was nice to be home by like 10 something because then I could be somewhat of a functional human being today. Although that statement is slightly retracted because I am dragging. Yesterday was a marathon, but the best kind of marathon to get the hockey season going. So I am far from complaining on that. Which brings us into opening night. Let's get to it. Opening night kicks off at 5.30 p.m. yesterday on October 10th. And uh, my sweet team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, are the ones that get things going. They posted the Nashville Predators. And if you guys have not caught the previous episode before today, go check it out, even though it's going to be slightly dated, because I had Lindsey Raleigh on from the Nashville Predators, host and reporter. A lot of great information, insight, and just background on what the Nashville organization looks like now. They've had turnover when it comes to their staff, their GM, their front office, everything going on over there, and just how much that's impacted the organization positively. A lot of young guys that are going to have larger roles this year. Uh, Raleigh was so good at kind of painting the picture of how well they did in the preseason and how that will translate. 
Then you bring in veterans who made their presence known, obviously, like Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shin, who was on the Tampa Bay Lightning roster and Stanley Cup winning team. So if you get a chance, go back and check out that interview with Lindsey Raleigh. We did a small preview of opening night, but just really dove into the Predators roster. And some of the things that we predicted for opening night did come to pass. So Lightning top the Predators on home ice five to three. Now they come out swinging in the first five minutes of the first period. You want to talk about a team that made their roster faster. You saw that for at least a solid five minutes. They outshot their opponent tremendously. I think it was almost like 13 to two within minutes of the game. They were pressing and making sure that they set up shop in the Predators ozone or in the Predators zone, their own zone, excuse me. And it was great, but it didn't translate to the second period. Second period, Predators definitely came out tilting the ice more so in their favor. And then third period, the Tampa Bay Lightning did what they do best. They are consistently a first and third period team. They recommanded the lead and made sure they secured the W. Now, a couple of things when we're thinking about this game. You got Nick Paul, who was acquired by the Lightning almost two years ago now, then signs a fat eight-year contract, starts off last season hot and heavy, putting up points for this team, and then kind of cools off in the second half of the season. Playoffs, we started to see some sparks, but of course, Tampa Bay Lightning's playoff journey was short-lived. This guy had two power play goals yesterday, and what I love about these power play goals is it may not be the sexy long shot or, you know, top shelf bar down, whatever you want to say. It was this guy having a ridiculous, relentless net front presence, something that Tampa Bay Lightning kind of didn't have last season. They didn't have that net front guy that can make things happen. You didn't see many deflections and tips having. Not to mention is that puck luck was never really a part of their rapport when it came to pulling off wins. You're going to have to get some more of that and creativity when it comes to competing and now this new flashy Atlantic division um, and across the league. So just to see Nick Paul's ability to be more of a presence in front of the net, be so relentless, it was hard to get this guy out of in front of the net. You saw Nick Paul look like he weighed 300 pounds at some points, the way that three different predators had to try to muscle him out of net front presence. So you got two power play goals for Nick Paul, uh, net front, making sure that he was getting in the nitty gritty and getting the job done. Nikita Kucherov. Now, he was my best bet of yesterday. I didn't get a chance to post it here, but it was on BetQL Daily Boost. I had Nikita Kucherov recording two plus points. He hit the two points, and both of them were goals. Uh, he actually opened the scoring for the Tampa Bay Lightning with a beautiful shot buried behind Saros, and then a nice little empty netter to make sure that Tampa Bay Lightning felt nice and secure with their W and their progress after um, a pretty big battle in the third period and not so many favorable plays in the second period. So not only were you able to cash in on something yesterday, but Nikita Kucherov doing what Nikita Kucherov does. I mean, once you put up 80-plus assists, he's just got a hard guy to stop. And when Kuch is healthy, he's somebody who's very consistent in his production. Brandon Hagel with a penalty shot. He's the seventh NHL player in history to nail a penalty shot on opening night. And he's within good company of guys like Connor McDavid and so on and so forth. So Hagel is a guy that we've talked about a lot, not only in the Lightning organization, but kind of slightly around the league. I think he deserves a little bit more recognition. Last year at many points of the season, um, if not the entire season, he was one of the top guys, if not the top three players in the league for takeaways. He's such a puck hound that has continued into this season already. He made that penalty shot look like easy, easy, easy work. Of course, that was something that set Emily Arena on absolute fire. And then just a quick little spotlight, you got three assists for Braden Point, who's always a part of a big W for the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
not to take away from the Predators, quick touch on what they've done well. Of course, they've always been a pretty sound defensive team. They've got some good physical guys back there as well. Their physical contact's always been pretty high. It's the fact that they needed to be healthy. You got Forsberg, who's healthy. You got Ryan O'Reilly, solid two-way center and can help on special teams. And then you've got uh, Pissarin, who Lindsey Raleigh mentioned, young guy who's going to have a bigger role and be able to help. And he came up with a big goal for the Predators last night. So just young players to keep an eye on. Shout out to Cody Glass for the puck that he took to the face. I think his mouth and to bounce back from that. I've covered hockey for five years now, and I'm still immensely impressed at the things that these guys weather through. Tremendous. Now, of course, I could talk about my team all day, but that would just be selfish. Yeah, we're going to move on to the next big topic probably the biggest topic heading into opening night it was this Blackhawks Penguins game. You got Sidney Crosby. You got the kid Connor Bedard. You've got all of these headlines. You've got Connor Bedard watched like a hawk, like every camera angle possible to see how this kid breathes, walks, moves, does whatever. I mean, the attention, the media storm, maybe it'll cool off a little bit now that the first game is underway, but he does play again tonight. All this to say that Penguins were completely commanding this game yesterday, at least in the first period. And then the Blackhawks make this conquering comeback to secure their first W of the season, topping the Penguins 4-2. to Yeah, they rallied from a 2-0 deficiency and then made that game their own. One of the most productive lines, no surprise here, being Paul Bedard Donato. I love Ryan Donato on this roster. If this team continues to build properly, if this team continues to trend in the right direction, if they can protect their net, if they can stack defensively, Donato is going to be a guy that I think takes the next step in his career. I really like the way that he played with the Seattle Kraken. I love the many different ways that he can contribute. So this is the top line, top productive line of the night. One goal, uh, producing plenty of high danger shot opportunities, nine scoring chances. Something else to take in is that Connor Bedard topped his teammates statistically in like five or six different categories. But let's talk about the scoring category for a second or shots on goal. He led the team with five shots on goal. Opening night, first NHL game as a rookie. Yeah, I think that while we talk about him so much, he's going to be worth talking about. He didn't show that he felt that pressure, maybe besides almost forgetting his stick <laughs> as he was heading over to the ice. But outside of all of that, you're seeing somebody who's really rising to the occasion and you can't do anything but admire that. So I'm psyched to see what he produces tonight versus a Boston Bruins team. It's got a lot of question marks swirling around them, starting with how are they going to be in the post era of Bergeron as well as Creechy. But we're not talking about the Boston Bruins quite yet. We're talking about the Bundard show. He picks up one assist in his first game. Like I said, led the team with shots on goal. But it's also this veteran. It's Nick Foligno. He was the ultimate vet last night. One goal, one assist. He was the, I want to say, the the guy, the, the momentum swinger to start tilting the ice in the Blackhawks' favor and keep them in, not only in this game, but to start making it known that they can retake this game, they can actually secure a win. But there's another vet on this on this list that, I, that we have to talk about. It's Corey Perry. Corey Perry told us at the Tampa Bay Lightning exit pressers at the end of the season, he's not done. He's nowhere close to being done with hockey. But of course, because of his age and then where his production rate may lie within the season, you know, sometimes he's looked at it as a guy of like, you know, he's only got so much time left. I feel like this is going to be a big season for him. So not only is he part of a rebuild team in the Blackhawks, but he's coming off of a pretty productive season with the Tampa Bay Lightning, lifted the cup with the Lightning and comes in and has two very timely assists to make sure that the Blackhawks were able to put the Penguins to bed. And that's exactly what they did. So Shout out to Ryan Donato. Also, he was one shot 
uh, shot on goal behind Connor Bedard, who led the team. So he had four. He also had one goal last night. Then you've got the veteran presence of Nick Bellino and Corey Perry. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team continues to just build and grow and take game by game. And this is going to be a great test tonight versus the Boston Bruins, who still have the top defenseman in the league that I'm just so excited. They might not be paired together anymore, but regardless, we're going to see great play in their D zone. Last game of opening night, you got the Kraken taking on the reigning Stanley Cup champions and the Golden Knights. Golden Knights secure this W with a four to one victory. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be a bit of a closer game with this one. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty high on the Seattle Kraken. Another plug for a previous show that you guys should go listen to. I had the most wonderful analyst. You guys know her. She's been on this casing the league before. Uh, Alyssa Lucan. She came on and talked with us again about the offseason moves, the most impactful additions that this team has added to their roster, and where this team can kind of build off of or how they can take another step off of the success that they created in their 2022-23 season. So I thought the Kraken were going to be able to secure more of a, of, of a defensive game, a closer game. I uh, didn't see the Golden Knights really putting up 4-1, to one, but you could see that they're riding the high of what they accomplished last year. And nothing gets you going more than a nice banner rise before everything gets going, right? So Golden Knights take this 4-1. to one. Chandler Stevenson picking up where he left off. One goal, one assist. Then you've got this line, Barbashev. Eichel and Marchi combined for eight shots, five scoring chances. Marchi gets a gold. Barbashev gets a gold. Eichel gets a gold. Mark Stone gets two assists. I can riddle it all off. I've talked about it with John Line, who is also a host here on Believe Network. If you didn't catch me discussing and breaking down the whole NHL season with him, it was, of course, one of the first questions. Do I think the Golden Knights can go back to back like the Tampa Bay Lightning did? And you know, they're in prime positioning to make a great run, if not a very similar run to that they did last season. I'm going to be interested to see how teams like the Avalanche and the Stars um, kind of adjust after the losses that they took last year. Those are not the kind of teams that you count out, regardless of how strong the Golden Knights are. But the goaltending's there. And one of the most spectacular things about this Golden Knights roster is their defensemen and the way this defense plays in front of whoever is between the pipes behind them. So something, of course, all of us will be tracking as this season progresses so those are our three opening night matchups our three victors being the Tampa Bay Lightning the Blackhawks and the Golden Knights now it takes us into what's going on today and more importantly best bets right because that's why we're all here now that the season is back in full swing we want to know where do you hit your money what do you cash what do you case what do you cut and if you're new to casing the league here on Believe Network I'll let you know what all of that information means anyway so starting off at the seven o'clock hour ET, depending on where you are. You got the Canadians taking on the Maple Leaves in Toronto. We're going to see the debut of Bertuzzi now in a Maple Leaves jersey. As excited as I am for like Tyler Bertuzzi and what he did with the Bruins, my own personal thing for the Maple Leaves. This is going to be tough to watch, but congratulations, Bertuzzi, whatever. Then you got Ryan Reeves. You got this uh, heavyweight champion of, of, of a forward. And they're just going to, he's going to increase the defensive element to the Toronto Maple Leafs game. And I think the way that the defense stepped up for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the moves the front office made prior to last season, that was something that helped them get out of that first round. They were never really able to be so defensively sound. They weren't that much of a physical team. It was more of like the skill and, and, and the cutesy stuff. And then they added that extra layer, that extra element. So Ryan Reeves in this system is going to be interesting. And then you got Max Domi. Domi's a guy that I think doesn't get enough credit when it comes to the playoff conversation. Um, 
he's a bit of a tilter specifically in playoffs. So I wonder how he's going to start off this season and what momentum he'll carry in from what he did with the stars and how he helped the stars in some sticky moments in the playoffs. You got the Senators taking on the Hurricanes at 7 p.m. I'm so hyped for this game. Brady Kachuk wants everybody to know to stop doubting this team. And when you come into the season with a chip on your shoulder of that extent, especially when you're the kind of guy that can produce one of the youngest captains out there, uh, you're going to kind of do everything possible to make sure that it's not all talk. Uh, they locked in some guys long term. He believes that they have some of the top defensemen in the league. So now you're talking about a guy who thinks that they can stack up not only defensively, but put points on the board versus who was the best defensive team in the NHL, the Hurricanes. Then the Hurricanes, it's not the fact that they couldn't particularly score, but getting half of the season, they didn't find too many issues with that. As we mentioned beforehand, Svechnikov went out. That changed the tone a little bit. But when it came to the trade, the trade, deadline words um the most important thing here was increasing their special teams obviously not penalty kill if you're one of the best defenses in the league but their power play i mean their power play sat under 20 percent. it was weak it was very inconsistent it hindered them when they ended up in high penalty games so now you're looking at the addition of michael bunning who picked up seven power play goals with the maple leaves and he wasn't even in like a dominant power play role he is expected and projected to be on that top power play unit with Aho and Jarvis I believe so for a guy that you know has the capability now playing with two other all-stars we'll see where this takes place now you've got Dimitri Orlov also in that back end adding to the defense a guy snagged from the Boston Bruins somebody that I thought the Boston Bruins were going to try hard to keep on their roster but another team facing cap space issues fingers crossed it the cap space um, takes that increase this season because it'll help change up some rosters and LTR situations and all the finessing that has to take place to keep guys going. But you got the Senators coming in ready to attack. You got the Hurricanes who just added so beautifully to their roster. I mean, aside from the conversation of how well the Devils won the offseason, I think the Hurricanes were kind of, if not second, third in that contest. Then moving down to the 7.30 hour, you've got the Blackhawks back at it again, but this time versus the Boston Bruins. Uh, and Remsendyke, I want to see how he works and how he progresses potentially on that top line. I think he's supposed to be playing alongside of Pasternak. Pasternak, we know what he's capable of. We know that he can throw this team on his back in certain moments. As for the longevity of that, to do all over again, we'll see. But Pasternak is always part of the top productive lines for the Boston Bruins. You also have Zaka, who's part of the top productive lines when they're when these two are playing together but something that these guys had in common is that they always either had a Bergeron or a Krejci next to them so we'll see what happens with having Reamsdyke next to him and then Morgan Geeky again another guy that I really appreciated and liked his style with the Seattle Kraken I think that he will be an asset for the Boston Bruins and how they continue to pick up their point streaks and throw some W's on the call moving on you got Oilers at Canucks for the 10 p.m hour is this a game that I'm going to be too high on and watching? No. Do I have bets for it? Absolutely. The bottom line with the Oilers is what's going – where's the progress going to be with their goaltending situation? Uh, where's their progress going to be with the defense? So one of the top-scoring teams in the entire league. You've got multiple top-scoring players. Of course, you've got the dream the dream duo, the dynamic duo of, Car of Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. So I don't – worry about them scoring it's just more so keeping fucks out of their net going up against the Canucks now last season when these two teams faced each other there was a split of who won I think at one point the Canucks put up five to two beating the Oilers last fall 
and then they just kind of reverse. Then the Oilers beat them like five to three later on. So this can go many of ways. Avalanche at Kings at the 10 p.m. hour. Ross Colton from the Tampa Lightning gets picked up by the Avs um, as soon as free agency opened up. A lot of Bolts fans miss him tremendously already. You got Tomas Tatar. We know what he did for the New Jersey Devils. And you're talking about a fast-paced system over there in Colorado that I think that he's going to fit in quite well and then you add some physicality a guy who's another heavyweight in my opinion somebody who can tilt the ice wear down your opponent and miles wood miles wood loves the penalty box but more importantly he loves to get in people's heads he loves to try to tilt the ice for his team he does pretty well at creating passing lanes so depending on what line he's on of course he's a golden asset right there so while they lost some guys that i know that they really wanted to keep especially young guys that started to work up and get developed in their system so primely you've got three other guys that can do that just as well ross colton can score i think he had about 16 goals last season what i noticed covering him you know head on as i do cover the lightning i noticed that on his more physical games the goal the goals didn't really tally up on his less physical games he was able to kind of focus on getting the puck on the net a lot more but ross colton learned a lot when he was playing alongside pat maroon having a whole off season to kind of put it together and find that balance between physicality and scoring he's going to be a tremendous asset for the colorado avalanche and then you got jets at flames uh again 10 o'clock hour closing at the night don't have much to say about Jets and Flames, but all this to move us into cash it, case it, cut it. Now, if you're here on Casing the League and you've been with us all summer heading into the season, thank you so much for coming back. If you're new to Casing the League here on Believe Network, cash it, case it, cut it. Kind of speaks for itself. I pick best bets for top games of the week and you choose whether or not you'd be down to cash it. it means you like the bet. It serves you. You can see the the glamour behind it, whatever. Uh, case it means you got to look into it a little bit further. Might be sus. You might want to phone a friend, ask somebody else their opinion. You might want to wait last minute to pull the trigger on it. It's fine. Cut it means you're not vibing with it at all. Not going to happen, but thanks for your input case. And I'm not offended by that. So just so you know, whenever I ask if you want to cash a case it or cut it, it's always going to come with a prop, the best bet, whatever the case may be. My name goes with a lot of things, right? So with all that, our first set of best bets. You guys take Miko Rantanen in a conversation, always. They're taking on the LA Kings. The LA Kings are going to be looked at this season to see how well they can protect their D zone and what's going to happen with the guy between the pipes. Um, a team I was pretty high on last season, but you know just couldn't protect themselves. So Miko Rantanen, we've seen him throw this team on his back. We've seen him go on ridiculous streaks. And most importantly, this guy finished off with 55 goals, 50 assists, 105 points, and made it look quite easy. Obviously why he was an all-star. Um, he's so consistent, even when he's dealing with health matters. We got a chance to talk with Katie Goss, a uh, reporter from Altitude TV for the Colorado Avalanche. Another episode you can always go check out, kind of breaking down those off-season moves, where the team left off, where they will pick things up in this upcoming season. So thinking of Miko Rantanen, going against the LA Kings. He's got a ridiculous shot percentage for one. He sits at 18% for a shot percentage last season. I mentioned his statistics and in, in, in scoring and assists and everything else, but he's such a crucial conductor for this Colorado Avalanche offense. And not to mention is that he's picked up a couple of points versus the LA Kings before and made it look easy. He was more so in that assist column, which is why I went with points. Now, speaking of his 
shot percentage, Mika Rantanen sitting at an 18% shot percentage makes him one of those guys that puts up at least three plus shots on goal nearly every single game. Also, depending on the defense that they're going against, but Mika Rantanen between his build, his speed and everything that he contributes on pressing and creating rushes, he's always getting shots on goal. Uh, as for my next guy, no surprise here. If you want some quick, easy money, you take Connor McDavid for two plus goals at plus 300. McDavid's going against the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Now, as I mentioned, these teams kind of had split victories when facing each other last year, but the Canucks led up 3.61 goals last season, whereas Connor McDavid averages 4.29 at shots per game, uh, three goals versus them last October. A nice little hat trick there. One goal versus the Canucks in their loss in December. Um, how can you stop Connor? Or, Connor McDavid. You don't. He's always going to be on the score tally one way or another. I don't think two goals can be hard for him um, in his season opener and going against the Canucks team that he's loaded up uh, goals on before. Then another guy that I've got going, Pierre-Luc Dubois. I love saying his name. Pierre-Luc Dubois, just one plus points, point, points or points, minus 154. This was a big move that happened in the offseason. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois is looking to make it known to everyone that he still has a very sustainable and usable career in the NHL. He played very well for the Jets. Um, he was a bit of a figurehead for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, so much has happened in his career to the point where he is going to get his name spoken on a lot more. I think this is the right roster for that move. Uh, he recorded an assist in each matchup that he has had versus the Avalanche last season while he was still a Jet. And I think that he's going to want to make a statement as in his first game as an LA King, playing amongst great guys too. I mean, you saw Kevin Fiala's career just continue to excel once he threw on that Kings jersey. We knew that we know that Adrian Kempe is just such a leader over there as well. Kopitar love their captain. So great system, great team. I think that Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to make a difference in an impact night one. Of course, we're going to hop on the Connor Bedard train, but only because of what he did last night. Kid picks up his first NHL assist, loads up in the shots on goal tally, take him for three plus shots on goal at minus 323. Uh, we don't have to harp on that too much. As I said, he had five shots on goal last night, leading his team. His shot percentage was highest on the team as well. This is a kid who was looked at to have potentially 20 plus goals in his rookie season. He's in conversations with the greats and that's what's expected of him to be great. Then you've got Toronto Maple Leafs money line minus 286. The Maple Leafs will be hosting the Montreal Canadiens and you know, like the Canadians kind of sat, sat bottom of the league. The Maple Leafs made the right moves to make sure that they got at least a little bit stronger in the offseason, heading into a season where they want to try to build off of the progress they made last year, not only make it to round two, but surpass round two. Uh, Ryan Reeves is going to be a guy that's going to have a day versus this team. Uh, Bertuzzi, again, you saw him more excel in the playoff category for the Boston Bruins, but He's somebody who's going to have a larger role on this team nice and early, not something that's going to come along with time. Then you're also looking at Michael Bunting, one plus point, <laughs> minus 137 with the Canes who are hosting the Senators. Um, as I mentioned, this is a guy who I think can make an impact right away. He's going to be able to help increase the special teams unit. He can play both ways. He's He's a solid two-way player. If he's not in the penalty box the entire game, then he's going to be wearing down the Senators. We're going to probably see some interesting fights in this game. Um, it's a lot of tension, a lot of 
a lot of physicality, and I'm all here for it. Like I said, it's one of the games of the night that I am going to be front and center for and just hyped to see what Brave Chuck and the Senators really try to tally up on, which perfectly pivots us to the last best bet of the day here on Casing the League. Will you cash it, case it, or cut it? It's Brady Kachuk, one plus goals at plus 179. Kachuk is a captain for a number of reasons, his leadership style, his confidence in his team, his ability to produce on the ice. Last time we saw these two teams, Chuck had two goals versus the Hurricanes. He's coming into the season looking to silence the doubters. Uh, he's also coming off of an 83-point season with 126 minutes in the penalty, penalty box. These Kachuk boys do not care about the fights, but they make the game so fun, so entertaining. And who doesn't think that Brady Kachuk is going to be coming into this season with a bit of a high and competitive chip on his shoulder? His brother just absolutely killed it, breaking all kinds of records, setting a ridiculous tone for the Florida Panthers. And like Brady Kachuk's game is not that far off from his brother. So I think that's another level of that we're going to see and the reason why. Um, regardless, entertaining hockey, good games going on. Uh, he had six game-winning goals last season. He averages 4.23 shots per game. So even though the Hurricanes have one of the top defenses in the league, I think they'll carry that over at least. Um, Brady Chuck's one of those guys and get those tricky shots in, maybe even collect those lucky bounces. And if he doesn't do it at even strength, he's going to do it with man advantage for sure because he elevates and produces on the Senators' power play. And, and on special teams. So let us know your thoughts. If you will cash any of these bets, if you will case any of these bets, even if you feel like cutting any of these bets, let me know why you don't like them. I'm going to have them posted across social media. You can also let us know what you love about these bets and which ones you will be taking tonight. And then until next time, we'll check out the top games going on across the league, break down the players, break down the news, the notes, and everything more. Here on Casing the League, follow me over at the Sports Case, that's K-A-S-E, and follow Casing the League. It's once again K-A-S-I-N-G, the league. Follow Believe Network so that you can be up to date on all things going on with this show and other fantastic shows on Believe Network. You've got all sports covered. you got a lot of other hockey heads over here. The hockey heads are growing, not only on Believe Network, but in media as a whole. So be sure to check out my page, Casing the League. Believe Network, give it a follow. And until next time, guys, I'll catch you right back here on Casing the League. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.